Hello and welcome to Heroes of the Galaxy, a limited series where we celebrate the women of the Star Wars universe. My name's Millicent, and each episode I'll be joined by a special guest to talk about the story and legacy of a female character from the movies, games, books, and more. This week, I'm joined by Clarice Lockery, chief film critic at The Independent. Clarice and I even cosplayed Rey and Jin Erso together at Comic-Con last year, so I'm thrilled to be welcoming her as the very first guest on Heroes of the Galaxy. We're starting the series off with everyone's favourite princess and general, Leia Organa. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Leia's first appearance was in 1977's Star Wars A New Hope, where she's introduced as the feisty princess of Alderaan. In The Empire Strikes Back, Leia commands a rebel base, evading Darth Vader whilst falling head over heels for the smuggler Han Solo. In Return of the Jedi, we finally learn that she and Luke Skywalker are the twin children of Darth Vader. The prequels then, specifically Revenge of the Sith, establish her mother as Padme Amidala, senator and former queen of Naboo. Following Padme's death in childbirth, Leia is taken in by Senator Bale and Queen Brea of Alderaan, whilst Luke is taken to Tatooine. Catching up with the recent sequel trilogy, Leia is now founder and general of the Resistance, a new rebel group formed to fight the First Order. She and Han Solo also have a son, Ben, known now as Kylo Ren. It was also revealed in The Last Jedi that Leia is Force-sensitive, further evidenced in The Rise of Skywalker when she was shown training in the Force alongside Luke. The character is beloved amongst fans for all sorts of reasons, but her actress, the late Carrie Fisher, is loved just as much. So let's now introduce our guest and get chatting. Clarice, thank you so much for joining us on the very first episode of Heroes of the Galaxy. Oh, thank you. I'm so honoured. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited that you're my first guest, considering, like, you know, we've cosplayed together as Star Wars characters. We've been to Comic-Con together. Like, it feels, like, it feels right. It's the ultimate bonding experience. You <laughs> totally. want to get closer to somebody, cosplay together. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to doing it again next year, hopefully. So obviously this podcast is all about celebrating the women of Star Wars with amazing women in the Star Wars community and you're one of those. You write for The Independent and various other places and you've even interviewed Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, haven't you? How was that? Yeah, that was crazy (laughs) Uh, because I mean uh, not a lot of people get to talk to her because she's you know pretty much more than she's very much the business side Mm -hmm. of Star Wars and I think because of that they they kind of like keep her away from people because she has to be the you know the very official the voice of star i mean you see her at all these like at celebration and d23 she's always coming out in her suit being like hello welcome these are the exciting (laughs) things we have and so what i found incredible is to actually sit in front of the woman kathleen kennedy Mm -hmm. and just chat and i talked to her for like over half an hour and and some of it was on Star Wars obviously we talked about you know the incredibly huge amount of other things she's done like Indiana Jones uh and Persepolis which is uh, a film that not many people know that she produced but it's one of my I didn't even know she did that that's mad yeah it was under because she set up a producing company with her husband Frank Marshall and they produced some smaller films and one of them was Persepolis so so it was cool. really nice to get to talk to her about that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just really cool. Like, 
you're so used to seeing Kathleen Kennedy as this very like I don't know, I don't know she's like business boss lady yeah. and, and there's so much of a sort of wall around that because I guess there has to be and so they yeah. actually sit down and and you know she's just like really chill and nice and that was a, a really pleasant experience amazing well I'll be sure to link that below in the show notes as well if anyone wants to read that brilliant interview um so let's just get started from the very beginning if you can remember can you start by telling me a bit about your first experience with the Star Wars universe this is so embarrassing (laughs) I think the first I think the first Star Wars movie I watched was one of the Ewok movies I can't remember which one but I my first memory is Ewoks is that (laughs) I think they first appear in Return of the Jedi right yeah so they're in but no no I didn't watch Return of the Jedi though (laughs) I watched one of the there were two like standalone Ewok movies oh I think I watched Caravan (laughs) of Courage I have a feeling it was that one I I, like don't remember the context I've uh, the thing is I have a really bad memory and so I remember very few things from my childhood and just one of them it's the isolated image of Ewok (laughs) (laughs) and not really knowing the context for that but then I think, you know, the real first proper introduction to Star Wars was when Phantom Menace came out because I was eight at the time. So I was prime audience mm-hmm. for, for Judge Jar Binks, loved him. <laughs> uh, Padme Amidala, obsessed with her, just wanted to know. I was really obsessed with this, that giant sort of wig headdress crown thing that she yeah. wears in the, the red ceremonial robes I was so really did you see in the cinema yes yeah wow yeah, I saw it in the cinema. possibly maybe more than once I was very into it but then I also do remember going to see Attack of the Clones and between those two movies I had matured <laughs> let's say and uh I remember we were late to the screening we got there at the last minute it was some weird preview screening so it was before the, the movie officially came out mm. and I think I was sat next to a stormtrooper right in the front row. The screen was like two inches away from my face. And I remember about 10 minutes in the feeling of like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first memory I have of ever being disappointed by a movie, which I'm sorry to come in with a negative thing. No, it's fine. It was part of my formative because that's what it's like being a Star Wars fan is, you know, Mm. you love things intensely and sometimes you're disappointed, but you move on from that because Star Wars is great. Yeah, it's the ups and the downs, and we put up with <laughs> it's both. Ups and the downs. <laughs> it's like life. Star Wars is life. Life day. <laughs> really, I think we just end up there. Star Wars is life. And <laughs> Star <stop>. Wars is life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this episode is going to be all about Leia Organa, everybody's favorite princess and general, and the incredible mental health advocate that was the late Carrie Fisher. So I just want to kick off uh, the discussion about her with asking what were your initial impressions of watching her as a kid in the original trilogy? I think, to be honest, I I always love a bit of a rogue. So I was always a Han Solo kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also because I loved Indiana Jones. So I think it's interesting to look back to when I was a child and how I was initially kind of attracted to the so the, the fun troublemaker, you know, he's not going to play by the rules. And I think Leia to me, she always seemed like very correct. And, you know, we got to do democracy and the law and da, 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 da. But I think 
what's been fascinating to me is over the years and not only going back to the films and rewatching her story, but also seeing how her story has continued in the newer films, in the comics, like in all the sort of stuff around Star Wars. <laughs> and I've really, really come to appreciate her as someone who is inspirational, like truly inspirational to me because I'm nothing like Leia and I'm, I'm happy to admit that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am, I am not, a, I'd be a terrible politician. I'm not a great fighter. I'm not particularly, you know, I don't stand up for myself very well. And so I think, yeah, every time, every time I return to, to Leia, I appreciate her a little more, I think. That's amazing. Oh, um, <laughs> so obviously having been drawn to like Han and everything at first, I can totally understand that because I think I felt the same, like I was very much, you know, I want to be like the rebels and stuff. I don't want to be part of like any sort of like government or republic or anything like that when I was watching. Um, but I think coming back to her in The Force Awakens was really interesting because I don't know, I found myself drawn to her more than anyone else. And I'm wondering what was your impression when we meet her again after so long? And she's obviously grown up a lot and she's got a new position now as general. Did you have that same kind of feeling about her when we meet her again? Definitely. I think it it sort of reasserts everything that is great about Leia that maybe sometimes has become easy to miss in the earlier movies because you know the gold bikini and mm. the, the big buns um and that is the the fearlessness and I think especially to see her as an older woman and how that that fearlessness has sort of cemented into to clarity like what I love about the older layer is that she just sees things as they are and yeah. and I think combining that with with Carrie Fisher which I'm sure we'll get to later but there, there is something about Leia in the newer movies that, yeah, she's kind of like a rock. She's just like a rock in the movies that I feel like every character at some point can turn to her and, and say, look, are we doing the right thing? And all you need from Leia is just for her to look at you and go, yes, and it, it's okay and everything's fine and like, we'll get through this. So I think, yeah, definitely. Yes, oh my god, I totally agree with that. She's almost like the axis of the entire Star Wars universe and everything kind of turns around her because she is that, like you said, that rock, that centre point and you just know you're doing the right thing if Leia nods at you in that direction. Yeah, she is kind of, the, she is the spark. She's the spark. The yes! Fire <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I think she's just the epitome of like, great. she's the epitome of great leadership mm -hmm. because you know, as much as she can be sarcastic and hot-headed at times, she is always going to know what the right thing to do in that moment is, I feel like. Yeah, and I totally think that comes from how every decision she makes takes into account everyone around her and who it might affect. It's never about, like, trying to be the hero or trying to be the greatest Jedi or the greatest warrior or like any sort of recognition it's literally about making sure that everyone is okay and everyone is safe and looked after in equal measure and I'm actually gonna just um did you see that tweet uh tweet thread um someone did about how all the Star Wars characters drink their coffee 
yeah my dad sent it to me <laughs> I love that I excited I loved it I was like thank you dad this is it's great amazing. every character like <laughs> makes coffee in their own way and then you get to layer in the thread and it says Leia is fueled entirely by a passion for global democracy and needs no additional stimulants and I was like yes this queen she doesn't need the caffeine she literally has all the energy she needs in like how much she loves and cares for everyone and it was just like it felt so right <laughs> And I think you going back to this idea that I've started to appreciate her more and more. Mm. I think that's also come from like becoming more politically aware. Because obviously, as a child, I was not a politically aware child. <laughs> Did not know what politics was. But you know, as I grew older and I discovered the things that are going on in the world and what democracy is, uh, I think she has also become a lot more important in that respect because. There is. She's fueled by the two. The two things. It's the people in her life that she cares about, but also this, like, this idea of, of this idea of democracy and what it represents, and fairness and equality and freedom. Mm. And I think I love her as an idealist. And I guess that's why she's so inspirational to me because she she fights for that idea. Yeah. And there's no, like, air of cynicism about her, I don't think. Like, as straightforward as she is, and she isn't kind of, like, after this utopian society. Like, she's realistic, but she's not cynical, if that somehow works, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think she she is fighting for something real. Hmm. And, yeah, and I guess I what really makes me tear up a little bit is thinking about uh, during all the women's marches, or during like a lot of political marches, you, you always see Leia crop up. Yeah. And I think with good reason, because it is because of what she represents and that belief that we can build a better world. This is getting like so emotional. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing about Leia. Like she she makes me emotional because Yeah, she invokes that, doesn't she? Like you say, yeah. she represents so much. And even all these like t-shirts and signs and stuff you see at marches that say like a woman's place is in the resistance and all of that kind of thing like I love that she has become this kind of beacon of hope just as she has in the Star Wars movie she has in real life yeah and like I look back on my idiot child self who just wanted to have fun <laughs> with Han Solo and I'm like come on Leia was obviously better <laughs> what were you doing you stupid child you just thought Harrison Ford was cool <laughs> absolutely but I think um like you say as we've got older and we've come to appreciate her more I think a lot of that has also come from the actress Carrie Fisher I wonder if you want to talk a little bit about her oh yeah I mean this is oh this is maybe a bit on the personal side but um my mother passed away when I was 17 and so I think since that I've always been looking for for mother figures and mm. I definitely found a little bit of that in Carrie Fisher uh, I don't know there's something a little I don't know like she she was very very different to my mother but um, there was something about her that yeah really attracted me to her and I and I felt like listening to her interviews and just like the presence of Carrie Fisher <laughs> felt like oh I feel I feel at home in this and that's why like I know everyone calls her space mom hmm. and I feel like she was really my space mom in in many ways uh, and yeah, and I, I 
got to see her at when celebration star wars celebration which for anyone who doesn't know is this like ridiculously gigantic uh convention star wars convention that happens every other year i think it's like mostly every other year sometimes every year mm-hmm. uh and one year it came to london and i was able to go and i was able to go to the carrie fisher panel and just to be yeah just to be in her presence with gary fisher her, oh, her wow. dog <laughs> who we also stand and love um that's like one of my favorite memories or at least one of my favorite star wars related memories because i don't know like she's just space mom that's what she will always be to me that's lovely she's she's such a comforting fig well she was such a comforting figure and i think she remains that way even though we've lost her like she still has left such an impact on so many lives you know whether it be in um, her huge advocacy for talking about mental health and her bipolar disorder or her brilliant books as well. I think I recently so finished good. The Princess Diarist, finally, and it was just fantastic. <laughs> and like what she wrote that when she was like 19, like who can write that? She articulates so many complex feelings in that book so beautifully. Have you read it? Yeah. No, I, I've got it and I'm always like waiting for the right time. Yeah. <laughs> but I've read some of her other books and she's like, she was such a brilliant writer and that's the thing she didn't have to be an actor she could have been a writer she could have been a screenwriter like she punched up so many scripts uh and like and wrote some of the dialogue in the last jedi which ryan johnson has been very open about um mm. that's yeah she was like talented on every level um again she's my phone she's been my phone background for years <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the last time we hung out, I remember seeing her. It's like that painting of her was almost like the, what is it, like the Mother Mary or something? Yeah, <laughs> she's painted as Mother Mary with Gary Fisher, her dog, and she's given the finger. And it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I just like to, I like it being there because I like looking at it and thinking that, I don't know, Carrie's out there somewhere being like, it's going to be okay. Oh, <laughs> you can re- do this. It's really nice. It's, it's honestly so amazing to hear stuff like that because like the impact these films can have and you know the people that come from them is just amazing um okay so wiping away the tears throwing it back a bit to Leia uh I'm interested what do you think is the best Princess Leia moment that kind of perfectly encapsulate who she is it can be from any film it can be from a book or anything like that I have my own but I'm very excited to hear yours oh my god I the bit that always hits me emotionally I think well maybe this isn't the best encapsulation of Leia but the moment I'm thinking of which is one of my favorite moments in Star Wars ever (laughs) is in The Last Jedi with Holdo and Leia when they're saying goodbye and they both say may the force be with you and they kind of stumble over each other and it's it's such a beautiful sweet human moment and I think you see in that moment both the kindness of Leia and that she does care about it, about people, and she she makes these very deep connections with people. And you see that, you know, you see that a lot in the sequel movies. Like, you see the connection she makes with Rey, you see the connection she makes with Holdo, she, yeah. the connection she makes with Poe. Like, she's making these very, very deep human connections with people. And also, I think what I love about that moment is the way that Holdo acts because like she's Laura Dern (laughs) like she's Laura Dern like everyone looks up to Laura Dern like who does Laura Dern look up to 
oh yeah, Carrie Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, I think to see someone as someone as aspirational and cool and amazing as Laura Dern, as Holdo, being so sort of nervous and, and like, like giggly in the presence of, of General yeah. Leia. Yeah, I think that, that to me encapsulates who Leia is through somebody else, like through her reaction, you understand, oh, this is what Leia means to people. Hmm. That it would reduce Laura Dern to, to just be like, hee hee hee. <laughs> Yeah, that scene was brilliant. I actually rewatched The Last Jedi recently for the purpose of this podcast, and that really struck a chord with me. I think Leia says something like, you know, we've lost too many people, I don't want to lose you. And um, I think Holdo says something, I can't remember what she says before it, but it's something to do with loss and losing people and how she's going to deal with it fine. And Holdo says, you taught me that. Like, Carrie Fisher's Leia taught her how to deal with loss, and she taught her that no matter what, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I suppose to a lot of people and to Holdo and to all of us, Leia was that light. And yeah, that scene was just lovely. Like the way they look at each other in that moment. Yeah, I think it's the acting that gets me. Like the way these two women act around each other. It's just like, I always cry. I can't get through that scene without crying. (laughs) And the characters have known each other for so long. I did a bit of research for the podcast on Holdo recently. And um, Holdo literally met Leia when she was still a young princess on Alderaan. And, you know, they stayed friends. And then eventually Leia uh, formed the rebellion and Holdo, like, joined with her. And, like, so they've seen so much together. So, yeah, Yeah, it just adds a lot of weight to it. Yeah, and you just get the sense that she's had that effect on a lot of people in her yeah. life. And it's all from The Last Jedi. I love how The Last Jedi is giving us all of these moments. Like, credit to Ryan Johnson, because everything we've talked about so far has basically been from that movie. Yeah, I think what I do love about Last Jedi is that Ryan Johnson had such a deep understanding of, like, the the legacy of Leia. Yeah. And he took... I mean, obviously, like, there are so many incredible beautiful little moments in the original movies but I think I'm always drawn to The Last Jedi when we talk about Leia is because like I don't know Ryan Johnson like took all of that and he like condensed it (laughs) into these little tiny moments of like pure Leia and inspirational Leia stuff. Yeah Leia isms. (laughs) Leia isms. I think um okay so my favorite moment actually comes from The Last Jedi as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah my favorite Leia moment I think that kind of like brings together who she is for me personally is when Poe is just it's literally in the first like 20 minutes of the movie Poe comes back from that mission where we lost a lot of people and we lost Paige Tico and you know they're having that kind of like mini argument about if he did the right thing and Leia tells him to get his head out of his cockpit and she just like she does not give him the time of day but because Poe was so reckless and people were lost and it was all because he like wanted to be a hero but she you can still feel that sense that yes she's you know talking to him like he deserves to be talked to at this moment but she still knows he can be better and she's still encouraging even though she doesn't tolerate any of this crap um and I think yeah general Leia is like my favorite version of Leia throughout her life for sure yeah because it's like all the coolness of Leia plus like experience yes yeah, I just love that because, like, you know, you can still f- see that twinkle in her eye that, you know, she believes in him, she knows he can be a better person, but it doesn't mean she's going to put up with his shit. Like, she's still Leia Organa. <laughs> yeah, I like it's, it's quite a nice callback to 
nerf her the nerf herder yes. scene yep. with Han Solo. <laughs> like she does no time for men's nonsense. Thank you. <laughs> it's like his fit the way his face dropped when he finds out that Holdo is the successor and not him. I'm like, do you really think she was gonna put a man in charge? <laughs> yeah. That, but that's like the really cool thing about like I mean there, there's a lot of similarities between Han, Han and Poe because mm-hmm. they are kind of the the hot you know the arrogant I can do everything guys yeah uh, and and it's it's interesting to see how she she deals with them both mm. which is with a very like firm hand <laughs> be like absolutely the f not yeah not gonna mess with me. And then the fact that she then falls, she like falls in love with that, I think is really sweet. I've always loved their romance because yeah, she kind of saw through, she's, she saw through the image that Han projects of himself and, and sees the real man underneath that who is, who is courageous and thoughtful and, and kind. And he built, he built up all these walls for himself and Leia just kind of punches straight through them. And I appreciate that about her as well. Yeah, I think she does that with everyone, doesn't she? She can kind of see what people are trying so hard to be, but she sees underneath it like who they are and she kind of has this kind of gentle touch that helps you realise that for yourself. This is yeah. so deep. She's basically like a magician at this point. Like, <laughs> well, I guess as well, because she like the whole thing with Leia is that her force sensitivity kind of comes out in like she's always sensing where people are like when Luke is alive and when Luke is dead like she can yeah. sense all of that so I think that also really shapes her personality because she can you know she can kind of force sense yeah what, what people are like what what people's are like underneath all the baggage and underneath all the walls I'm interested to hear what you thought about that because the force sensitivity I suppose was um was kind of hinted at for a while but then in The Last Jedi when she flew through space that was like the kind of confirmation that she does have a lot of power with the force that we've always thought because obviously she's a skywalker um so what did you think when you saw that moment because i know a lot of people hated it a lot of people loved it what are your thoughts i mean it made perfect sense to me because that's the thing we've always known that she was force sensitive because hmm. she could like on cloud city she knew when luke was calling out to her she could just sense it so it's like well we've known this since the original trilogy so I don't know why it was like, I, I don't know. I didn't really react to it. I was like, yeah, of course she could do that. Like she's Leia. <laughs> she can do anything. <laughs> exactly. You know, like it was only confirming stuff that we already knew. Yeah. And I think, I think the interesting thing about the whole Skywalker saga is that it could have been Leia. It wasn't mm. going to necessarily be Luke. And I think there's some mention somewhere in the canon that Yoda, Yoda wanted to to train Leia initially. She didn't. He didn't want to train Luke. <laughs> he thought Luke's an idiot, which he kind of is. That's amazing. <laughs> a lovable idiot. We love Luke. <laughs> I but... would love to see an AU where <laughs> he trains Leia instead. That would be so interesting. Like I think it could have really been Leia, but I don't know. For me, I mean, the thing is, I'm not. I've not read like all the comic. I've read some of the comics, so I don't know the full, the full Leia story. But I've always gotten the sense that it could have been Leia, but because she was adopted into this political society, like she was adopted yeah. into Alderaan, where women had a lot of expectations put on them, and so the expectation was that she was going to be a princess. 
that was her job. Like she couldn't be a Jedi because she's a princess and she fought back against that and managed to become a politician. But I think, I don't know, it's kind of an example of like in-universe misogyny that yeah. she never really had the option to be a Jedi because it, she fought so hard just to be a politician and not be a princess. Yeah. And I and I feel like in her story there there are quite a few examples of her really having to like fight fight through expectation and going, No, I can do this. So yeah, I think and I think she could she could have been she could have been it, but she wasn't. But I don't think that makes her story any less. I think she's still as much of a hero being a politician. And I think that's a a, a great example in itself that she was able to save the galaxy like through politics that sounds bad and weird but you know yeah, like no I totally get yeah. that because like she in general has, and, and yeah leading and stuff like that yeah she's literally saved worlds without you know a lightsaber and showdowns and fights and stuff like she's just found her own way to save people I guess and I think that's really commendable yeah because leadership in itself is you know a type of like you have to be brave to be a leader and to inspire people and she's able to show that. So I know we've talked a bit about Holdo but I also want to just chat about and explore uh, Leia's relationships with other women in Star Wars. Um, so maybe like Rey and how we think that relationship has grown because I know in um, the original trilogy for a while she there was kind of a Smurfette principle going on a bit where it was just her and then a bunch of dudes and a bunch of dude droids and so Mon Mothma. It, yeah. <laughs> Can't forget Mon Mothma. Yeah, yeah. I love Mon Mothma, but she doesn't get to do much. Yeah, it's a shame. So it was really cool, I guess, in the sequel trilogy to see her interact and have these relationships with a lot of other women. You know, um, Ray, Rose, uh, Lieutenant Connix and such like that. What, what, do, what are your takes on that? I mean, I think that's one of the great things about the new movies. I mean, I, I, I've always been a Star Wars fan but I think it took the new movies to really condense that into maybe an obsession would we say <laughs> um, mm. because suddenly I had this whole like gallery of women to identify with before it, it was just yeah it was just kind of Leia, Mon Mothma, <laughs> um, <laughs> Padme who you know I, I love but she she didn't get to do the most in the world um, and so, yeah, I think to see this presented as normal, that's the thing. Yeah. Leia interacts with all these women because you just do as a woman, you interact with other women and that happens both on earth and in space. Um, and yeah, that's why, I mean, that's what I like about it is all those relationships are so natural and she's, she's a leader. She's a leader to all genders, I guess. And, and she inspires those women equally. I think that's the thing. She inspires the women equally as she inspires the men. Yeah. I think and it I, was yeah. so cool as well, seeing the way that, you know, Poe and Finn and that kind of look up to Leia in the same way that Ray and the young women do, because they're not looking up to her because they're like, oh, she's a strong female and I could be that one day. They're looking up to her because she is the best at her job and she has saved so many people and she has the experience behind her as she has proven herself so many times and they're like what an incredible person and we want to be like that like Poe's respect for her is like so amazing in the films to watch yeah I like that she wasn't written to be like oh my god boss queen mm. <laughs> like, yes I would have hated have that 
force a bunch of like women moments where the, all the women okay i'm about to shade another franchise here but no. all the women <laughs> gonna stand together and pose and be like look we're the women of star wars <laughs> um i like that that didn't happen yeah and and that leia's influence is is sort of genderless like yeah. yes she is a great feminist icon to us because of the things that she did and and the way that she she did manage to fight like gendered expectations of her but as a leader you know she is just a yeah genderless inspiration <laughs> <laughs> I look yeah this this has been brilliant okay so I just want to wrap up the conversation uh on the whole with five rapid fire questions for you you ready yes okay so we can probably spend another 15 minutes talking about these questions to be honest because they're loaded questions but the challenge is to kind of like answer them in as like little words as possible oh that's gonna be hard (laughs) (laughs) okay one favorite star wars movie (laughs) empire strikes back okay two favorite line in star wars Uh, um um, oh my god i like a lot of them can you cut out the bits where i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'll think about it (laughs) um oh i like i like all the inspirational ones (laughs) (laughs) it's a difficult one there's so many great one-liners yeah oh because we mentioned it before i think i do have a bit of a recency bias bias no go on um, that's fine we are the spark that lights the fire the resistance i like a lot it's a good one it's a very good one i love how it's also got two variations you know the when holdo says we are the was it we are the spark that will light the fire that will build was it like build the resistance again or something like that but then poe says it again at the end and it's like burn the first order down yeah we are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the first order down yeah i like that version yeah, i like all the different <laughs> variations of it and just the idea of like we are the spark i find yeah inspirational hope in like, it for sure yeah everything starts small okay three favorite battle or lightsaber duel hmm. i I low-key love Endor, <laughs> the Battle of Endor, yeah. because it's like the little, it's like the gorilla, because what I love about, oh, this is becoming a long answer, <laughs> one of the things I love about Star Wars is that George Lucas originally intended it to be his apocalypse, he wanted to make Apocalypse Now, but he wanted it to do from the perspective of the Viet Cong, and mm. the studio said no. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse now. So he made Star Wars instead. So the rebels are the Viet Cong. And mm. so I like Endor because it's going into that sort of guerrilla underground, like real rebel fighting as opposed to the space battles. Yeah. Um, and everyone's kind of having to use their wits because they know that they're the little guy um, and that they know in some cases they are tiny little bears. <laughs> 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 Which I, and I like the Ewoks because yeah they're really cute but they are pretty ferocious fighters and i really like them about that they are like the true like guerrilla army of star wars i think that's a very good answer okay so question four is what would you love to see next in star wars whether it's a game book movie or literally anything you can think of what do you want to see next um i kind of just want to see something completely new Mm -hmm. i would like to know what happens after 
Rise of Skywalker, but no, I don't want to see those characters again. I mean, obviously, I like because I love them, but mm. I I would really love to see completely new characters, new time, not Jedi. Like I want to see the other parts of that world. Yeah, this is why you've got to play Fallen Order. This is like everything it gives you. You see, like the ancient tombs of the Zepho and Night Sisters and the histories of the Jedi, which I find way more interesting than the Skywalkers right now. No I feel like I don't even want Jedi. I want like, like a, a bar. This guy runs a bar in Coruscant <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Casablanca. But oh it's my a goodness. Bar in Coruscant. You need like, to pitch I, it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or I want a Salacious Crumb spin off movie. Nice. I'd love to see that. Okay. <laughs> Right, last question, and this is the big one. In, in as little words as possible, what does Star Wars mean to you? It's the spark that will light the fire, <laughs> that will burn the the all the bad people in the world down. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Do you want to plug anything? Tell everyone where they can find you on the internet and all that jazz. Everything I do is always posted to Twitter. So you can just go uh, at Clarice Lou, which is me trying to write my full name. And then I ran out of space. <laughs> and I'll put that uh, in the show notes as well. I'll link to all of your work and stuff. And we'll see you again as well for another episode. You'll be joining us um, very yeah. soon for another character, which we'll keep hush for now. Oh, who's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> So that was episode one of Heroes of the Galaxy. Thank you so, so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Galaxy Heroes Pod so you'll be the first to know when the new episodes are coming and where we'll announce all our exciting new guests to come. Thank you very much and may the force be with you.